I mean, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. It is. All right, there you go. Come on. Calgary and, and we're going to, well, we're going to Alberta, Canada, just for fun. Well, should we, we had the Alaskan airline points. We were about to lose it. All right. Now we got to do this. What did you guys, when you guys think of heaven, I think of my wife. No, uh, <laughs> getting rowdy boys. <laughs> when you, what, I mean, what, what, growing up and everything, what, what did you ever think about? What were your thoughts about heaven? I know that's a general question, but when you think of heaven, what do you think of? What do you think it's like? Okay. Like bouncing on clouds. Kind of like the movies. Like around and around. It just, and any, anybody want to add anything else? What, what's it going to be like in heaven? What are we going to do? Yeah, perfection. Perfection. Yeah. Have you ever seen a perfect mountain or a perfect stream or a perfect waterfall or a perfect, it's all of that. Has it ever, yeah, I mean, it's blown your mind like we're going to be because we're such beginning, middle, and end dimension people. I mean, have you ever thought about, well, God never had a beginning, and we can't understand, you know, okay, he never had a beginning. I mean, there, he wasn't born. He just was always, how, how is that possible? So we, it's, it kind of goes beyond our mind, and, you know, you kind of think, you know, growing up, you know, what's it going to be like in heaven, you know, as a little kid, you're thinking all that, you know, and then as we get older, you know, perfection well like you said i mean perfection i mean but what are we going to do i actually when i was a youth minister i had one of the you know she was a remember the valley girl thing <laughs> she was a valley girl she's like like heaven like i know i want to go there but like is it going to be like real boring i mean are we just gonna sit around like she was the like valley girl like you know like is it gonna be boring just sitting around i said well you could always go to the other place there might be more excitement there i don't know but she went good point good point you know did the valley girl stuff but heaven when we think about what makes it so good and this has to do with grace because heaven our going to heaven is a grace thing we don't deserve to go there we, you know, we, we are failed creatures and, but, and this is the consummating grace we're on to now. Consummating grace is the grace doesn't stop at our death, you know, cause so we, we talked about prevention, about everything that God throws our way to try to get our attention, to get us, get us saved. We talked about cooperating, how when we get into that grace, we begin to cooperate with God, with the grace that we come and say, I believe in you, I, I accept you. And then the persevering where God helps us in our daily walk to stay in grace, to stay a Christian, to keep going on. But it still all comes, comes to consummating, the consummated grace of actually make it to heaven. And what it, because we really don't deserve it. No one deserves heaven. And it's this wonderful, we're going to go here to Revelation here in a little bit, because what, is, what does grace have to be? It's by the total grace of God that when, our, when we die, our spirits go there. To be absent from the body is what? That's grace. 
Doesn't have to be. You know, when you even think about it, Satan gave up heaven. Think about that. You know, he was there in the presence of God. And I think I've talked about this before. He goes, I think I can run this place better. I think, I think it's all fake. It's all fraud. And he's very convincing about what he, how he does his things because, and I've said this, how convincing Satan is, he convinced a third of the angels to give up heaven for hell. How convincing can you be? Well, Paul talked about keeping your eyes on the prize. And we put so much stock in this world and the things of this world, we're willing to give up heaven for the here and now. I mean, it, you know, I, I don't have a horrible life. I mean, I live in the best country in the world and I have clothes and I have Three, three meals, sometimes five meals a day. <laughs> I'm not starving, you know. I get to come to church and all that stuff. But, you know, we, I, I, and it's what Faith said is true. I mean, we get so discontent with the way our life is, we get, we take our eyes off the prize. Because the way I've always compared it, all my years and minutes, I said, what we're, what we're living in is old black and white TV. Like the, I, I don't know, Matt, do you remember black and white TV? <laughs> I grew up the tea. I we had a black we, in our house when I was real small. We had two TVs, one color, one black and white. My brother and I would fight who get to watch our you know because we had, he was different. We like different shows, and we always had to fight who got the color and who got the black and white TV because. <laughs> if you, there was no playback. <laughs> what did he say? Let me play that back. I mean, you missed it. You missed it. <laughs> well, this was, I mean, before VCR, I mean, like, if you missed a show, I mean, like, someday hopefully I'll come back on and repeats, and now you got on demand, and, you know, but our world is black and white. Heaven's going to be, what's the newest U, 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 UFA, what is that new one, the UFH? I mean, it looks like it's lot. I mean, have you ever seen that new one that's out? It's U something. It's, it's better than HD. It's like U something. And I mean, it almost looks fake. I mean, it's like, it's very live looking. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh, that's, I can't even enjoy it because it looks so un-TV like. Yeah, and I mean, but, <laughs> there you go. But when, when when you when you get when you get to heaven you're going to realize how much this was black and white and that's high definition up there and it is because we do get our eyes off the prize 
you know, and, that, and that's what Paul said. Hey, I'm going through all this turbulation. I'm keeping on this trouble. I'm going through this race of the training and the hard work, but I, I keep focused. I keep my eye on the prize. And my, I'm a prize is heaven. I, I, you know, and you know, when we, when we get to heaven, we're going to realize how much, and I think it was the psalmist that said, what is life? It's but a vapor that comes and disappears. It's a speck on this line of eternity. Our, our life here is our life here in the 75, 80, 85 years is just a little dot on it. How many people put so much stock in the dot? I got to do this, you know, I, you know and, and, and accumulate. Now, I'm not against trying to make a good life down here. I'm all for eating and having a nice house and all that stuff. But so many people give it, uh, put so much stock into it, they take their eyes off the price to where... Uh, I mean, I don't hope I don't trigger anybody. Anybody have a very close loved one that's gone on to be with the Lord? Yeah, okay. Just make it my dad. My dad. Uh, your dad? <laughs> I said that was a joke between us. <laughs> we didn't go to the funeral. <laughs> but when you think about it, I mean, my dad got very sick. I mean, for like two years before he died and just miserable. And... I, you know, we talk about, you know, he, we prayed for his healing, but it never happened. Well, it did at death. That's the, that's a whole nother topic right there. Healing is, a, you know, but he passed away. And, you know, the moment he went to eternity, I, I went, my goodness, what is he seeing right now? And it's a family reunion because many of his family had gone on. And that's what I view of heaven. You know, you know, you know just imagine the beauty of, the, just the beauty of it and being in the presence of Jesus. But, you know, he got to see his parents who had gone many years ago and a couple siblings and things like that. And, you know, kind of thinking, I really missed my dad a lot. And I wish he was back. But I said, my dad would probably chew me out for bringing him back. If I had the power to bring him back, he'd probably chew me out. <laughs> you know, because I, I, okay. I always wonder why people keep wanting to pray for our Christian dead to come back to life. We had we had we, we had it long before you guys got here, years and years and years ago when we were here the first time. There was a guy that got up and he was he was really mad at the assembly. Why aren't we raising our blessed saints from the dead? You know, when they die, we need to see miracles of them come back to life. And I was thinking, well, if you're a saint, if you're Christian, and you die and you make it to heaven, would you want to come back? I mean, I'd be the, I made it. I'm not, you know, I, I thought that was a strange doctrine of, man, I make it to heaven. You better not call me back. I, good point. I'm glad Matt said that. Matt said that. I'm sorry, what was that last question? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Or the person who prayed for them to get raised. <laughs> you know. Well, it's, well and, and I'm getting a little off topic, but the grace, but I think it's a great point. No, it's a great point because we put so much fear in. Like I said, I fear how. I, I don't want to fall off a zip line <laughs> to my death. I don't want that to happen. But. Boy, we really fear death for the the Christian. I understand the unknown. It's more about the unknown about the fear for the Christian. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I mean, I, I, I mean, it, you know, I, I don't like the way I don't want to die a miserable, horrible death. But death should not scare me. 
as a believer, if I truly believe what we preach, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, you know, I, I, yeah, I die in your sleep. I, And, and this, this is our temporary home. We're passing through. My citizenship is in heaven. I, we, I, I, think we, I think the right spirit to have is we long for our true home. We long for that. And everything we do here hopefully points to our journey towards that. Towards that. Because, you know, death, death is an enemy. Sin brought it. But for the Christian, it is the open door to where our ultimate goal is. You know, so, I mean, all this. And, you know, when the Bible was raised from the dead, there was a purpose for God raising that person from the dead for a miracle, for a, a testimony or something. <laughs> I have a faith that Remember Carmen, the singer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he died a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. I, just, I came across that about a few months ago. I, I, yeah, something like that. Well, he had that song where he was pretending to be Peter. Did you ever, the song, he was Peter at the day of Pentecost, and Peter's preaching, and he's doing this, someone, he says, and he's going to all the miracles of Jesus, and he says, and Jesus raised my mother-in-law from the dead, a miracle I did not ask for. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but anyway, I threw that in there, <laughs> a miracle I did not ask him for, <laughs> but this grace to where heaven was created for god and by his grace his consummating grace of all the work of cooperating grace and preserving us is i allow you to live in my presence it's grace and his grace is based on the love that he wants a relationship with us not just from there to here on earth but we will be in the presence you know people say when i get to heaven and ask god all these questions i think you're gonna be in the presence of god so odd you're not even gonna, you're gonna forget the questions it won't matter Oh, man, I don't know. I may be wrong about that. But, I mean, the, just being in the presence of God probably changed. I think our, our, our finite minds cannot understand this. Somebody had brought something up a long time ago. So, you know, I don't think we're going to have no questions because uh, they had said something to me about it. When you get to heaven, you won't remember me or the heartache you've gone through. So there's no... Well, we're, we're getting to that point. We're getting that point. Oh, remember you? Oh, I hope I remember you, guy. I hope I say, hey, I remember you. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is someone. You want to hide on the other side of it. I'll hide over here. Yeah, but, but if heaven's a place of happiness, if your family made you happy, you want to be with your family. You know. Yeah, I just like. You well, you know that the scientific thing. I think I, when you bring science in this, they say we only lose what you use what five to ten percent of our brain. 
I think God does that on purpose. I think when we get to heaven, it's going to be one. I don't think we can handle the true concept of God. All we know about God is in the word and our personal relationship with him. I think what we truly know about the total essence of God. And I don't think our, I think if we knew it, our minds would explode. I don't think we could handle God in all his. Oh, interstellar. <laughs> At the end of it, I'm like, what was that? <laughs> it just completely blew me out. Yeah, that was a new movie for, uh, yeah, uh, that's a confusion. But I don't think our brain, I think by the grace, God just, we, we know from the Bible about him. I don't think our brains could handle God in his total essence. Now, when we get to heaven, we're going to be in his presence. I guess God releases the rest of our brain. I don't know. That's just a scientific. What? Paul? Well, and Moses had to turn. Can, can you pass by me? And God said, turn your back because you can't handle it. You know, turn your back away from me because, one, the holiness, but I think just God's God. I mean, what were you saying? But our bodies are renewed. But at the resurrection of all the saints. Okay. All right. I, I'm hoping like an 18-ish, 20-ish version of me. About 20 pounds less. And of course, I'm heaven. There's no, you know, no one's going to be impressed because everybody's got one. <laughs> Yeah, but I want to be perfected when there's everybody else is imperfected to stand out. Very good. You know, just it pans out. God's got it all handled. Well, that leads to another silly question. You know, in all these pictures and everything that they paint of God. He's always painted as an old, overweight, gray-haired, balding man. If I'm God, I'm looking like George Clooney or something, you know, or, or Pierce Brosnan or something, you know. I'm not, you know, why would God choose to be old and overweight and balding? You know, just, it just, it just. I mean. True, but it's. I think I think the way they got in the painting is just he's a heavenly father, so they put him as a grandfatherly figure for our concept. But I think God would be like right. Plus he's spirit too, so I just like it's not a. Clark Gable. No, anyway. Now he'll be a, uh, what's the guy that was, was it Thor. Thor, Thor. 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 Uh, I guess, if I got it, I'd look at more. But, but, so listen to this on, on uh, 
Revelation 14, 12 says, here's the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. So he's talking about the, John in his vision is talking about the people who've made to heaven. So we see this, the perseverance of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. So all that persevering grace that we live in and we cooperate with God in, there's a consummating grace that God says, come be in my presence. Well done, my good and faithful servant and he said it's a reward and satan has come to try to get our minds and eyes off of the prize off of the goal that's where we need the grace of god because we put so much stock in this we 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 put so much our temptation is to do that to where this 80 years we spend here is so important to us and we just don't realize that there is something else that we look forward to. And I mean, like I said, I miss my dad, but my faith says if I keep my faith in Christ, I will see my dad again. I will interact with my dad. I will, I will get to go up there and hug my dad again. And, you know, every other loved one that's gone on, every friend that I've ever had that, you know, we will be in that presence. That is the God. Every good gift comes from the father above and he prepared, you know, Christ said, I go to prepare a place for you. And he's in my father's, actually it says the the correct interpretation of the scripture. I got to show off my education here. The correct interpretation is in my father's house, there's many rooms. I go to prepare a room in my father's house for you. And we're we're just not getting, I've got a mansion and stuff. No, it says a room in the, I'd rather live in the room of the palace of the king myself. I'll take, I'll take a room, you know, I'll be a doorkeeper. I'll be a doorkeeper at the palace for God. <laughs> just, but, but you know, it's good. You're just so presence of the God and that, and that leads me to, and I'm going to, oh, well, well, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember the pre, the theologian I heard talking, he, and I, this was so long ago, and I don't have that information with me anymore. He said he believes we are going to have jobs. We have the past. Yeah, that we are going to have purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like work down here or it's suffering and stuff. It's going to be, well, for the king and the presence of the Lord. It's going to, I doubt it's going to be horrible stuff. <laughs> hey, you made it. But, but here's, here, and we go back to this what we were talking about earlier we move over to the chapter 20 of revelations and this is the most encouraging this is power this is something we this is keeping our eye on the prize because this is the promise he said uh john saw this vision uh i'm sorry chapter 21 i heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the tabernacle of god is now among men and he will dwell among them now that's an important passage of scripture because it's the last book of the bible it's going back to genesis Remember in Genesis at the beginning, God dwelled with Adam and he walked in the garden. It all comes back full circle. He says, now it's back to that. And he will dwell among them and they will, shall be his people. And God himself will be what? Among them. It says, and this is the powerful part. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no longer any death. There will be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away and then i like this and he he sits on the throne this is powerful behold i am making all things what 
knew. Right, for these, and I love this part because he, and, 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 and he's telling John, write this for these words, and this represents Jesus. These words are faithful and true. It means it, it's a done deal. This is, you keep your part. This goes back to the persevering. He, he doesn't let go of us, but we can jump out. And he says, take this to heart. You keep my commandments. This is your reward. I, I, I keep my end of the bargain. I am faithful and true. That, that powerful, I am making all things. I, I'm speaking Wednesday night on trauma. And, and one of the things we do with trauma and the Christian is there is a time that where it says he makes all things new. We're going back like cripple. You remember the, the blind and what we were talking about her? That's where I come back to this to where we're saying, what are we going to be like? Behold, I make things new just as they were in the garden. That's, that's the whole thing. That, the Garden of Eden before the fall was God's purpose for man. That was God's will for man. Man blew it. God didn't go back on his part. Man broke the contract. And his, God's purpose for man was to dwell among them from the beginning forever. Sin got in the way of this, but he said, I will fix, I will make things like they were properly. I'll make things new. You're crippled, you won't be crippled anymore. No more tear. No more sadness. No more more. I was like that preacher that one time kept preaching and said, when we get to heaven, there's going to, I told, did you remember you telling me about that? He said there was going to be a, a, he was my youth pastor and he went on pastoring and applied for here. Uh, um, there's going to be, he felt like there's going to be like something you could look down in hell and see all the people you didn't win to the Lord. So you have to live with that with eternity. And I was like, but that goes against, there's no more tears, no more mourning. That, he, oh, no, 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 no. He, he was a guilt preacher, always wanting to make you feel guilty for stuff. He said, you're going to have to see your, your friends in hell burning because you didn't do enough to do that. And I went, well, that would make me. I, boy, now we're getting into theological philosophy and theories about what happened. Do we know about our loved ones who didn't make it and stuff? And I, I, I don't know. I, I give that all to the Lord. He, that all pans out. I, I mean, yeah, because, well, I mean, I will wipe away every tear. I mean, that's going to be sad if my loved ones don't make it. Well, there won't let me. Well, I mean, it could be that. It could be just that when you get there, your mind's expanded and, and your essence and knowledge, you, you're able to either you don't remember it or I'm in heaven, I'm in healing complete and total we don't understand it i just I'm know it's sure it would have to be some faith and some memory because i can't imagine let's say my children didn't make it to heaven if i had that knowledge how could i enjoy heaven with that i think it's a it's a question we don't know the answer to fully i mean he could wipe away our memory or just being in the presence of god could it just settle things for you i i we don't remember we're trying to think of this with finite minds with human human being minds well i mean and it could i'm not saying that's wrong i just my faith is in not the how it's going to happen my faith is in that god's going to take care of it for me yeah if it's that i can accept that if it's just you're in the presence of god and just things in your mind are settled i can accept that I, it's not how it happened. It's just I know it's God behind it. You know, it's kind of like my uh, Genesis professor. He said, there's so many theories on how God created the world. He said, all it says is God created the heavens and the earth. 
I don't know how he did it. My faith just said God did it. And that's all I need to trust in. God, God, God can handle the creation of the world. <laughs> he don't need my help, you know. And so, but when you think of the power that all things new, uh, he'll wipe away every tear. I'm throwing this out, not preaching this as theory or doctrine. But, you know, the new theory out there that there's no hell that some churches, some movements are going into, they base it on this passage of scripture of all things new, that they say that God will actually make heaven for everybody. Well, then what do you say all the scriptures about hell? Then? <laughs> I just, I just, I would love that there be no hell. I would love that the fact of that, but the Bible says it's yeah, there. That goes fully, fully against what was the purpose of Christ coming and dying? Well, universal salvation. That's what they're, that's the doctrine that's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can think of some people. <laughs> I said, I pan. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, and it says it's his will that no one should perish, and and boy, that's the thing. It, it was created for. That's why I always get upset with people say, "Well, Satan rules hell. He is the master of hell. He is the kingdom of. He is over the." No, hell is not his kingdom. Hell is his punishment. Satan doesn't want to be in hell. I, I, that, that's weird doctrine, too, that he's like the king and sitting on a throne in hell. Hell is his punishment. It is his destiny. He is, an, now that's about, he is the inmate of hell. That's why he, if he's his kingdom, he'd be there. But it's, the scripture says he, 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 he roams the earth. Because he doesn't want to go there. That's horrible. That's his punishment. Thank God, that is his punishment. But heaven is for us in here, children of God. That's our destiny. I think about no more tears, no more. I can probably do a zip line in heaven and not have any fear. <laughs> I could fall off and go fell in a cloud, pillowy. <laughs> Why would I, I just for the thrill of it? I don't know. I just it just it's just that, and that I think at the key for what we're we're leaning here towards for, and it is grace. It is by the grace of. We lost our, just amongst ourselves and who we are, we lost out on heaven. We have lost out on heaven. But his death, his resurrection, the power of his blood, his grace has it as our reward, even though we don't deserve it. He loves us that much. But, but us having the, the choice to choose him was so important that he wants, he wants that to be there. He loves that yes. loving relationship. Yes. I have a question for you. Lucifer, when he, uh, when he uh, betrayed Jesus, my question is, do I think he's in heaven or not? Because he went after he, he figured out what he had done, he said he went out there uh, and hung himself. Lucifer. Judas. Judas. Okay. I, I was like, what? Gosh, I don't remember that one. <laughs> I think he's. I think he commits suicide. Well, it, all the people who were. This now we're getting into the theology of, of 
people weren't in heaven. They were in what they called paradise. And he, the, the one it says that he went down and just preached to people in hell, just so that he got a chance to do it. The other one is like Abraham, all the Old Testament people who were in paradise, he preached to them and took them to heaven. Does that and some people still reject. I mean, there is a, there's, we're getting real deep theology here. There is a thought that the people who die in their sins just reject, in their death, just completely reject them in their death. There's no repentance for them. They have, you know, because they, they didn't die in the, with the blood of the grace of Christ on them, that they just, because one of the theology about universal salvation, too, is that, I'm throwing a lot of theories at you, so, that, even after death, you're given a chance to repent, but if you didn't live your life for Christ, you reject him in death, too. Does that make sense? I, I, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying the thought of that they get another chance, but, like, Hitler goes up there, and he, he you know. Exactly. And that's the, when he went, he preached, because hell is empty right now. Remember this. Hell is empty. Hell is, in Revelation, is when the people are finally thrown into hell. First, it's, it's, it's the uh, uh, false prophet and the Antichrist are thrown in, and then Satan is thrown into it, and then the people who did not get saved are thrown into hell. They're kind of in this... Well, they said that he was in the Sheol. Sheol. That's kind of... It is some kind of torment, and he, wasn't enjoying himself. he was not enjoying himself. But I mean, just the actual burning of flame, you know, because like I said, this thought of Satan is in hell on the throne is, because hell is the lake of fire. I always thought a shield was more of a... It's like a hospital waiting. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the way, we're getting... Exactly. It's just kind of like a holding. Well, the, the thought of back then was, and I don't have a, it's like, here's, here's the afterlife. This is before Christ. And there's a part of it that was paradise, Abraham's bosom. That's what they called Abraham's bosom. Well, and that's where Jesus was going. He looked over the, the thief and said, today you gave me a paradise. Right. right. And then the other side was, like, in that, see, that's a parable about Lazarus and the rich man. Yeah. He says he was looking over that gulf. Yeah, but that was Jesus saying that. I know, I'm not, I know, but I'm just saying, and that, there, that in that paradise, there's a gulf between the two. Right. And that, and then, and then Jesus went and he preached to people in this part and and that's where Paul talks about any lead cap you know captures to heaven and so that heaven now is where we go after the death of Christ that's that's like a really four-hour lecture done in about five minutes (laughs) I mean I could take I could take that another time well Paul says he was caught up to the third level of heaven there's probably some, there's there's even some thought now among Protestants that there is an actual purgatory. I, I don't I'm, please I'm not saying that this is all 100 percent true. <laughs> I know, I just, but that that almost that that Abraham's bosom is where they really get purgatory from in the Catholic doctrine that Abraham's bosom is actually a purgatory type thing, to where is a waiting place for heaven, and that that's where Jesus went and he preached to the captives. He and, and you know and whereas the the Abraham, the the Old Testament saint side was the nice place, and the other side was the bad place. Because even David said, you know, after his son died, you know, with Bathsheba, he said, "Well, he's down in Sheol," and that that's considered Sheol down here. 
And he said, I'll see him someday. You know, I don't, there's, a lot, there's a lot we don't know. I mean, all, but we're basically limited to this. Right. He went to the place. His death made him go to the place of the dead. That's probably where he was the three days preaching. And then he led captive. He conquered. I know he's always, he was already over dead. That's a semantics, I know. But his resurrection is what said, I have the right to all those who are dead down here. My, my death and my resurrection. Because remember, part of the Easter story is not just the death. It's his resurrection. It, 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 you have to, you can't have, for for the, for our story for our story of grace. You can't have one without the other. He came back in that angelic, the celestial body or whatever. The glorified body. But it still is physical. No, but he did. It, it, I, I think that was like proof to Thomas. <laughs> Doubting Thomas, which we we always give Thomas a bad rap on him. <laughs> you know, just I need to see it. <laughs> you know, come on, I've heard a lot because there was always stories going around about resurrected messiahs and stuff that he says I gotta see it now. You know, and it really Jesus said, "Blessed for you for believing this, but blessed for who who hasn't seen it and yet still believes." He really wasn't condemning Thomas, but you know, said, like, "Come on, Thomas, you gotta have some faith here." But we always kind of get on to Thomas, and he's got kind of bad rap for being downing Thomas. But he, if you know his story, he wanted to become a great missionary and such like that. So, but, I mean, if anything, I, I think it just comes back because there's so many different theories and questions and things that we're talking about. And like my old theology professor used to say, you know, we'd ask questions, and he'd go, well, Clayton, I'm going to put that towards the pen theory. It all pan out. <laughs> he said, he said, this gives a doctor of theology, and he'd go, as with all the learning I got, I still don't know everything. That's where my faith kicks in, that my faith is in the one who's it all. He, he's going to pan it out. It, it's, he's the one that's going di- to dictate all this. It's not up to me. It's up to him. It's how much, it's the strength of the one you have faith in. He says, I just trust God. It'll all pan out because guess who's in charge? Not me. He is. It'll all pan out. And we, and, we, and we close that part with, he'll wipe away every tear. No more mourning. No more death. No more sickness. That's the ultimate healing. Because when we talk about healing in Pentecostal church, it's temporary healing. It's not done healing. I've seen a lot of people healed, but then get sick again. I've seen people healed and still die. It's a temporary healing. Permanent healing, believe it or not, is at death for the saint. When, if you're a saint, if you're a child of God, your death is actually your ultimate healing because no more pain, no more death, no more illness. Man, that's exciting. That preaches. We preach to people. You preach to people about heaven, that'll go farther than preaching against hell. Now, some people are so honored they need to hear about hell. But my goal is, man, preach about the glory of hell heaven there never should be a message about hell without the ending point being about heaven that's 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 the whole key. I mean, and Spurgeon Charles Spurgeon's always said every any every preacher who ever preaches a sermon on hell should be doing it with tears in his eye and every message should end about it. It should not just be about hell, but it should be, you know, 
my loved ones, I wish they would hear about the glory of heaven and get saved on that. But I also pray if that doesn't work, scare them out of hell, Lord. <laughs> Just get, get, he, Well, and there's a lot of people who don't want to hear it, and that's a sad thing about it. And so, I mean, but without, there's always a good and a bad. There's always an opposite. Yeah, but but and it's not. I heard a lot of messages on hell, and I go, brother, I believe you. I don't want to go there. <laughs> you know, but I mean. There has to be a balance, and I mean, because I mean, because there also comes a point where you get told so much that you're bad. When okay, I got saved. I just there, there's almost we almost trample on the blood of Christ, thinking we have to get saved every day. That's trampling on the blood of Christ. If your blood of Christ is not enough to keep you saved by your willingness, then it's not powerful. Then. We'll make mistakes, but yeah, it just. Well, I want to focus. I want to focus on Jesus, and if if your focus is on Jesus, everything kind of works out. If your if your number one priority, number one focus is on Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit helps you to keep everything else well. Get your eyes off Jesus and prioritize other things. That's where things start messing up, you know. And just and like I said, if you focus on Jesus, your family stuff prioritize now it doesn't mean their family members do what they do but you know I'm, I'm from your perspective i just think when you have jesus as your priority he helps you by the power of the spirit to prioritize things correctly and like i do I focus on, i'm just thinking on heaven I said, if i die i'm gonna be in heaven hallelujah i said thank you lord for the grace because once again i didn't deserve i haven't done anything to deserve heaven i haven't done one thing to deserve heaven but it's by the grace and love of christ that I get heaven if I follow him. All right, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for that, this great story of heaven. Lord, it, 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 it's your kingdom. It's your place. It's your home. But you love us so much. You want to you wanna share your home with us. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on the prize and focused on you. Lord, I just pray right now because we just we keep our eyes on you, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, help us to do this because we look forward to day where you will wipe away the tears from our eyes and you will sit there and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Amen. 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 Amen.